What is up, divers? Welcome in to the Deep Dive Fantasy Football Podcast, where I take a deep analytical look at fantasy football and combine it with a common sense approach to lead us to some titles. I'm your host, Brandon Gabor, and before we get started, remember you can follow me on Twitter at Deep Dive FF, Instagram at Deep Dive Fantasy Football, and as always, check out the website, deepdivefantasyfootball.com, which is always popping during the offseason. With that being said, let's get to the content. Warning, this podcast was recorded before the trading of Sam Darnold to the Carolina Panthers. What's up, divers? Welcome in to episode 100. Let's go! Let's go! Episode 100, baby. Deep Dive Fantasy Football, we've been out here grinding for that long now. And we've got our favorite guest, Nate. Nate Christian, how's it going, baby? Oh, man. I am so lucky. I am so honored to be here for the 100th episode. Um, I'm trying to create this lead where I have the most guest appearances on the show, and I want to be like the GOAT guest of all time. I think you've got that cemented in, brother. (laughs) I really do. You're on like this is like number eight, eight or nine. Nobody else has even passed three. So definitely you are the GOAT GOAT guest of this podcast. And guys, You don't know what we're doing yet, because in the episode title, I didn't tell you. So, it's episode 100, and before we get into what we're going to go over, Nate, what is your thought on the 17-game season? I personally feel like it's so unnecessary. I know they're trying to make more money, but in my mind, why not add an extra bye week? For every team, the season is extended by a week. It's an 18-week season, still 16 games for everybody. You still make way more money with the TV deals, which is like 90% of what they make anyways. So you're making more money. Players have more time to rest. That's what I think they should have did. Also, you don't mess up with the record books. What are your thoughts? Yeah, like as a football purist, you don't like the game being switched to 17. It just feels weird. Records are going to be all weird. Now you have to have an asterisk like, oh, these records are since 2021. Um, Not a huge fan of it from like just like, you know, sympathizing with the players i really feel like if they wanted to extend the schedule they should have done like 18 or 20 games with an extra buy i feel like that would have been a good trade-off i don't really get just adding one game like add two games and add a buy i think that would have been perfect you know have an 18 game schedule two buys um but as a football fan as a fantasy football fan as just someone who loves to watch football on sundays i am pretty happy about the extra week and the underrated thing that happens here is the super bowl is pushed back one week which means that now monday is a national holiday after the super bowl so you can party all night long for the super bowl and have monday off most of the time so it's just kind of perfect now Ooh, i didn't even think of that at all that's an interesting i think point. it's president's day or something like that so like a lot ah. of people will have monday off after the super bowl it's really smart nice that's actually that's a good point that's a good point so Guys, I'm going to give you a hint of what we're doing, right? Everyone does their mock drafts for draft boards, PPR, Superflex, Dynasty, Rookie. And I've given you some of that stuff. Some of those things I've done with Nate already. But my favorite type of drafting is the NFL draft. And that's what's coming up in, uh, what, four weeks? When you guys hear this, about three and a half weeks. And that's what me and Nate are going to do. And we're going to give you our fantasy impact from our mock draft, all right, so Nate and me have already discussed, or I should say Nate and I have already discussed where we're going to pick, so he's going to take odds, 
and I'm going to take evens. Trades are allowed. That doesn't mean we're going to make a bunch of trades. May or may not. We'll have to see what happens. We have not discussed what we like for what team or anything. This is going to be a straight up just draft where we're surprising each other. We're surprising you guys. And we're going to give you guys the fantasy lowdown from every single pick. And so that puts Nate on the clock at number one overall with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Take it away. Yeah, this is the easiest pick of the draft by far. Everyone knows what this pick is. It is just – no, I'm just kidding. It's Trevor Lawrence. Um, <laughs> it's it's obvious. Urban Meyer, I don't think he even went to any other pro days. The guy's like just chilling like on a beach somewhere during the other pro days for the quarterbacks. Like it's Trevor Lawrence, hands down. He's the 1-1 the one, one this year. So, I mean, we can talk about the fantasy output. Like it helps LaVisca. It helps – DJ Chark, it helps James Robinson. It helps everybody on that team, and I'm sure they draft another wide receiver or a tight end. So I think that's going to be a pretty sneaky offense, especially because the defense is bad. So you're looking at like something similar to the Bengals' offense last year while Burrow was on the field. I think that's what we can get out of the Jaguars' offense this year. I think they can be pretty good for fantasy, all yeah, of them. Yeah, this is a great landing spot for a rookie quarterback, especially Trevor. I love what they're going to have there with the weapons, like you said. Great situation for fantasy because he's going to throw a lot. He's got the rush ability. Nate, do you agree that he could be, in his rookie season, a top eight fantasy quarterback with that rushing upside and the pass volume that might exist? I I mean, I could see it. I don't think so, though. I, I don't like to expect rookie quarterbacks to come in and be that dominant, especially ones that, I mean, he has the rushing upside. But he's not like you know he's not like a Deshaun Watson, a Justin Fields, a Lamar Jackson. He doesn't have that kind of rushing upside, and we're just seeing too many of those guys in the league now to really feel comfortable making Lawrence like a top eight quarterback. Um, he he would have to have a rookie season of of all time to be a top eight in the current landscape. I mean, especially with Dak healthy and Joe Burrow healthy. I mean, it's going to be hard to be a top eight quarterback this year. I think it's it's. We have a lot of good quarterbacks for yeah, fantasy football. That's a good point. There are a lot of good young quarterbacks for sure. But for Dynasty, I think we both definitely agree he would be top eight, right? Yeah, I think I have him at like nine, eight or nine. So, uh, you know, right around that. I think it's right around the Joe Burrow. Exactly. That's where uh, I have Joe him If Joe Burrow didn't get injured, I'd probably have Joe Burrow above Trevor Lawrence. But I think right I now, just coming off the injury, I have Lawrence above Joe Burrow. But they're basically, I think, in my rankings, like 8A and 8B. Yes, I, that's exactly where I, I look at him, too. So with that said, Trevor Lawrence off the board at number one overall. Number two overall is the New York Jets. And it's pretty interesting, right? I can go two ways with this thought process of the pick. Who do I think the Jets are going to take? Or who I would take if I was the Jets. If I was the Jets, I would take Justin Fields. I think Justin Fields is closer to Trevor Lawrence than anyone else is closer to Justin Fields, if you get my drift. So I would take Justin Fields, but I really feel like all the smoke and everything is showing Zach Wilson to the Jets. So that's what we're going to do here. Zach Wilson to the Jets. Nate, how do you feel about fantasy impact there? Honestly, I think how the rest of this draft goes is what matters the most for Zach Wilson because Corey Davis and Denzel Mims there is good, but the running back Crowder. situation... Don't forget Crowder. Yes, and Crowder as well. And then the running back situation there and the tight end situation there could both use improvement, and obviously what needs the most work is the offensive line. So I think the rest of this draft would kind of help clear up what our outlook would be for Zach Wilson. But as of now, how do you view it? Yeah, the Jets are the Jets. 
But I think Robert Sala comes in and he kind of turns the team around. I like what he can bring to the table, like the just the discipline, the attitude that he can instill in that team. And I think they have some good pieces there in the offense to work with. Uh, the offensive line definitely needs to be worked on. But uh, they got Mekhi Becton last year, and he, he was a stud. So I think they have the right pieces. And I think this is another team that is going to be sneaky fantasy. I don't think... Mims or Davis or Zach Wilson are going to be, you know, top guys in fantasy, but I think they're going to be pretty solid. I think they're going to perform pretty well compared to the ADP. Yeah, and adding Zach Wilson would definitely help those guys, especially, I will say, adding Justin Fields, I think that's the better quarterback for them. But if they did that, his rushing ability would probably limit the upside for the receivers. So if you have one of the receivers, you should be rooting for a Zach Wilson over a Justin Fields. Yeah, Zach Wilson is uh, basically Jameis Winston. I mean, at, at his floor, I think. You know, if, if he comes in, he has the ability to, you know, throw for a ton of yards and touchdowns, but he also has that turnover, up, you know, issue that I think we're going to see in the NFL. I think he's a, a bit, he's a gunslinger, you know, and not everyone works out like Patrick Mahomes where that gunslinger mentality, you know, is that good. Usually it works out more like Jameis Winston. Um, so I'm not saying that Zach Wilson is going to be Jameis Winston, but I think, like, that's kind of, like, his floor almost um you know a guy that yeah he might not be super great for the nfl uh if, if he busts but he'll still be good for fantasy football yes sir so that puts you on at three with the 49ers nate where are you going yeah so you know there's a lot of smoke around this um i think the first two picks in the draft are pretty easy i think the draft really starts here and with everything that they're saying i mean a lot of people are saying mac jones here some people are saying trey lance uh, some people are saying Justin Fields. I think it's Justin Fields. Yeah, he, Kyle Shanahan didn't go to Justin Fields' pro day, but they already worked out that he's going to have like a mini pro day just for like the 49ers later this month. And also, you might not know this, but Kyle Shanahan has been coaching Justin Fields for the past two years in his offseason quarterback camp. So there's a connection there. I think they that Kyle Shanahan knows what's going on. I think he knows that Justin Fields – now, as soon as he found out that Zach Wilson was going to be taken by the Jets, I'm pretty sure that's set in stone now. He was comfortable moving up for Justin Fields, and that is the pick here. And, wow, I mean, that offense could be so impressive with Justin Fields throwing to Kittle, Ayuk, and Debo Samuel with the Kyle Shanahan run scheme. I mean, plus the good defense. This is this is a great team for Justin Fields to land in. I love it. Absolutely, Nate. Absolutely. I love this. Because, like I said, Justin Fields is not that far off from Trevor Lawrence in my mind. I don't understand what it is that everyone sees in Justin Fields that makes him their fourth quarterback on the board. Some people even have him at five. That's ridiculous to me. He is great in every facet of the game. And that is. I'll give you some advice, Brandon, yes. and all, you, all the listeners. Go if for someone it. tells you that Justin Fields cannot get past his first read, you should honestly just unfollow them because they're just spouting <laughs> BS. They're just trying to regurgitate something they heard on ESPN. Because. I, you can't watch the film of Justin Fields and think that. It's it's impossible. You turn on the Clemson game where he had six touchdowns in the college football playoffs, and the whole game he's going past his first read because he's playing a good defense, and he's making plays happen. He threw six touchdowns. I mean, I just don't understand the narrative against Justin Fields right now. He's being overanalyzed, and we're just trying to pick out the smallest little flaws. And at this point, we're just making stuff up. So just – just fade the noise out there. Yes, I agree. And with the character concern nonsense that's going on right now, too, let's just think about this. I don't want to touch on this too much because it's not worth the time. But It's not. It's not. But 
If he had character concerns, you think we would just now, just now be hearing about it? I don't think so. I do not think so. This is the time where teams spread nonsense to try and get somebody they want to drop in their lap. And, you know, there's so many motives that we don't know about. So if something's just coming out like that, don't even buy it. Justin Fields at three. That's a great spot. And last thing to touch on, this is something I found super interesting. The Jets have people from the Niners organization, right? In their coaching staff now with Sala and LaFleur. So it is LaFleur, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I always, there's like two sets of brothers that I always mix like up. Yeah. So it's LaFleur and Sala. They probably talked to the Niners and told them who they're taking. And then the Niners came up to three. So I do not think the Jets have any chance of trading out. Otherwise, they would have traded out with the Niners. So Zach Wilson at two, Justin Fields at three, with your beautiful uh, comment about, hey, Kyle Shanahan's been working with him. And now that puts me at four with the Falcons. This is an interesting twist, though, because usually people don't put Fields. So I was thinking Fields was going to be on the board here, and I was going to try and do a trade back with the Broncos coming up for Fields. I don't know if the Broncos are going to value Lance as much because he's not as polished. And they're a team that has so much ready to win right now. So that leads me to decide, am I just going to stay put right here? and trade with the Falcons. Nate, is there anybody you think that could trade up here at four to get Trey Lance or Mac Jones? I don't think so. I think the teams are pretty comfortable staying down. I think if there's one team that does jump up, I think it is the Carolina Panthers. See, I would uh, I say that I too. I could see the Panthers jumping up four spots. It wouldn't be that expensive. And everything I've heard come out of that front office this offseason is they are looking for a franchise quarterback. And I think in the Joe Brady scheme, uh, both quarterbacks could work. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to say which quarterback I think would be better for the Joe Brady scheme, but, I mean, they're looking for a franchise quarterback in this draft. Yeah, I agree. The one problem here is that are the Falcons going to make a trade with the Panthers to allow the Panthers to get a franchise quarterback? <laughs> Probably not, right? So, yep. with that said, I guess I'm going to just have to stay put here with the Falcons. And if I was a Falcons fan, I would actually want them to take Trey Lance and let him sit behind Matt Ryan, but I don't think that's what they're going to do. So, with that said, what are some of the Falcons' needs, right? They've got tackle, edge, tight end, linebacker, corner. I don't really see them going anywhere that would be too much of a reach. So, I'm probably going best player available if I'm them. That's probably what they're doing too. So, I'm going to have them take a tackle here, protect Matt Ryan, and help that what could become really good run game if they get a running back in this draft class. And I'm going to grab Penny Sewell. Sucks for the Bengals. Sucks for the That's Bengals. That's rough for the Bengals. That's yes. rough for my pick, man. It is. It's very rough for your pick. But that's good for whatever running back ends up there. That's better for Matt Ryan. He will have a better fantasy outlook a little bit with a more solid offensive line. And, Nate, you're at five with the Bengals. Go for it. Yeah, I think that's the right pick by the Falcons if they don't trade out. But, man, I really do not like all the noise with the pits or – Jamar Chase to the Bengals. I don't like either one. I mean, I get the fantasy impact. I mean, it would be fun to watch on Sundays. But unless you want Joe Burrow to, you know, get a year or two into his second contract and retire like Andrew Luck did because the injuries are piling up, the Bengals need to protect Joe Burrow. He's not going to last if they just continue to let him get hit like he got hit last year. We saw the, you know, the ACL injury. It's bad. You know, we, you don't want that to continue. 
and T. Higgins and Tyler Boyd are more than enough for that team that's you know currently rebuilding. And Auden Tate, baby. Yeah, I love Alden Tate. He's a great wide receiver three in that offense coming on the outside. So I'm going to, you know, maybe the fantasy guys aren't going to like this, but I'm going to go ahead and take Rashawn Slater here. Good pick, Nate. I think Slater is a very close t- uh, tackle two in this draft class. Sewell is definitely my tackle one, but Slater is is a stud. And I don't think this is a reach here. I think this is, you know, these guys, both these tackles are top five picks with their ability so i agree and i don't see if you're a fantasy guy who has any shares in the Bengals offense you should absolutely 100 percent be rooting for slater or sewell not one of these receivers not pitts because let me ask you this they add pitts who does that help okay does it help burrow yeah but it doesn't help burrow more than an than an offensive tackle would a top tier offensive tackle does it help T. Higgins? No. Does it help Tyler Boyd? No. Does it help Joe Mixon? No. Same thing for adding a Jamar Chase. So you want them to add a tackle. That helps Burrow, and it helps Higgins and Boyd keep insane target shares and both possibly be top 15 receivers. So I absolutely love that for the Bengals. So we've got Sewell and Slater off the board. No receivers yet. The Dolphins, who I'm picking for, are looking at all of the receiver options, and everyone likes to think Jamar Chase is going to be the first quarter uh, running, oh my goodness, wide receiver off the board. But for me, what do the the Dolphins need most? To me, it's a separator. Yes, they added Will Fuller, but it's on a one-year deal. He's always dealt with injury. They don't really have that locked down. And we have a elite separator in this draft from Alabama who played with Tua. So now my question is, Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle? I'm already throwing out Jamar Chase as the pick here, because I think the Dolphins are looking for that separation. Both of those guys are very good at that. So now I have to think, NFL team, NFL GM, is he going to be worried about the weight, and he's going to go with Waddle, who also has better top speed and acceleration, or Smith, who's just a better receiver in general. We've seen the speed be overvalued a little too much. I think it might happen again. That's what brought Ruggs off the board last time. So I'm going to go ahead and take Waddle here as the first wide receiver off the board to the Dolphins. And I'll just say right away, I don't love the fantasy side of it other than for Tua. It's great for Tua. It'll help whatever running back ends up being the stud there if they take a rookie later on because everything's going to be more opened up. But it's not really great for whatever receiver lands there and for the other receivers in the offense or even Gasicki. I think I think for like redraft-wise, I think this is great for Devontae Parker and Mike Gasicki. Because they're the chain movers, they're the guys that are gonna get more targets. Waddle, see, most people, if they see this pick, they're gonna be you're crazy. But I think there's there's actually a good chance that Waddle is the first receiver off the board. It sounds crazy, I know. He's not my wide receiver one or wide receiver two, not even my wide receiver three. He's not my but, one or two or three either. But we saw it last year with Henry Ruggs coming off the board before CeeDee Lamb and Jerry Judy and Justin Jefferson and and you know this is a real thing that could happen. And Tua could definitely say that he wants to throw it at Waddle if he does, you know. And he does, Waddle or Smith, I agree, you know, fit this offense better because Devontae Parker and Preston Williams, you know, bring the same play style that Jamar Chase does. Jamar Chase is better than them, but, you know, you don't really need three of the same play style. You know, this is not just fantasy football. You're not just, you know, trying to get the best players and try to get the most output. I mean, this is building a team. Exactly. So I think... Waddle really fits the team needs. I think he opens up the field for the other players. I, I think this is actually like a good NFL move. Though I might draft Devontae Smith myself, but I think Waddle, you know, has just 
like I said, a good chance to come off the board first. For sure. And then that brings you at seven with the Lions. Yeah, so the Lions are super happy right here. They're going to grab Devonta Smith. And this is a very easy pick for me. Um, they have no wide receivers on their depth chart, basically. I mean, what what are we looking at? Tyrell Williams, Quintez Cephas, and Rashad Perryman. Perryman. Okay, all those guys are lucky to be a wide receiver three on a team. And yes, the Lions are rebuilding. They're not going to be competitive this year. They're probably looking for like Sam Howell next year in the draft or Spencer Rattler. Uh, they can move on from Jerry Goff after this year. But Devonta Smith is a guy you can build around. He can be, you know, wide receiver one on your team. He can have that Justin Jefferson like rookie year. I love his pro readiness. And I love this fit for fantasy football because I think Devonta Smith really fits well with Jared Goff. He can be that kind of, uh, he's almost like a mixture between Robert Woods and Cooper Cup in the fact that he can go off those screen passes, off those quick slants and stuff that Jared Goff loves to throw those quick passes and be productive after the catch. So I think. Devonta Smith and Jared Goff could be a great pairing for Devonta Smith's rookie year. All right, so Devonta Smith at seven to the Lions. I think you pretty much covered most of the talking points there. I'm at eight with the Panthers, and what do you know? There's still a franchise quarterback on the board. That's a super easy pick for me. Trey Lance, got to scroll down a little bit to pick him up. But Trey Lance is going to be a great fit for that offense. Let him sit for a year if you want or throw him into the fire it's up to you you could go either way but i think he's going to be a great fit here for a team that has dj moore robbie anderson and they have christian mccaffrey of course so i love that pick i hate it as a bucks fan but for fantasy purposes it's a great landing spot especially since joe brady is still there as of now i like it a lot nate what are your thoughts and then you are also on the board with the broncos yeah, um, I love this. I think it's going to be great for Joe Brady and everyone involved in the Panthers offense. I think this is ideal for Trey Lance as well. He can sit behind Teddy B for a year or at least half a season and you know just kind of develop like the football IQ, let the game slow down a bit before they put him into the game. The Panthers are kind of, you know, on that cusp of being competitive. I they think they are. still have another year before they get there. They got a lot but, of young defenders, uh, too, that are yeah, very good. Rule and Brady got there, and they drafted almost all defense last year. And they're setting this team up for success next year, the year after that. So I think Trey Lance is the great pick for them here. Like I said, they're looking for a franchise quarterback. I think this is a great fit. They'd be lucky to get Trey Lance here. And I think this is great long-term for DJ Moore. Um, and, and this year for Robbie Anderson, I think you know both those guys are still going to be good. But I would love to see some Trey Lance to DJ Moore. That just sounds so much fun. Yes, sir. And with these landing spots, by the way, so far for the quarterbacks, they should be picks one through four in a super flex, in my opinion. I really think so, yeah. All right, so you're on the board with the Broncos. All right, so, you know, with the Broncos missing out on Trey Lance by one pick, I don't think they go Mac Jones here. I don't think Mac Jones offers um, enough upside immediately to Drew Locke. I mean, I don't think Drew Locke's the long-term answer. But I think they're going to give him one more chance this year. Um, I think they might bring in some competition. I would like to see Gardner Minshew end up with Denver and then have an open quarterback competition to see what happens. So, And they don't need a wide receiver. As good as Jamar Definitely Chase is, not. they don't need to grab one <laughs> Jamar not. Chase or Kyle Pitts. Um, so I'm going to go with a linebacker here. Um, I think Vic Fangio loves to you know, have his defense be the core of his team. And Micah Parsons is my pick here. I think... You know, Von Miller's getting out there in age. They add to this defense to just help control the ball. And 
the offense can work from there. You know, I think if Drew Locke is not put into situations where he's playing catch up all the time, and with a full off season, a healthy year, I think he might be able to put together a decent year. So I think Micah Parsons is the pick here. I think it's a very Broncos pick. Yeah, that's nasty, bro. That is a nasty defense. I, yeah, that would suck for uh, any fans in that division. I think that would make that defense very, very scary. But as this is a fantasy podcast, and we're kind of running back on time because you and me just love to hear ourselves talk, we're going to not touch too much on defenders, which is what I'm doing here for the Cowboys. So I will be taking a corner. The question is, do they like Sertan or Horn better? I don't want to really overthink it. Like I said, we're not spending too much time focusing on the defense. So I'm going to just draft... JC, ooh, no. I'm going to take Patrick Sertan. He's from the better right. school. Yeah, I'm not trying to be too hot take here. All right? They're taking Patrick Sertan, and now that puts you back on the clock at 11 with the Giants. Yeah, the Giants are interesting one here. I'm not really sure what to do because, you know, they just grabbed Kenny Galladay, so I was going to give him a wide receiver before that signing, but now do it. they're pretty set there. Do it. Um, I mean, I, I can't. <laughs> I like Darius Lean. I like Sterling Shepard a decent amount. Um, they might not be the long-term Dude, answer. Mac Jones is on the board, man. Mac Jones. <laughs> oh, man. And you know what? Man. Oh, I... got the wheels turning. Oof. You know, this is going to be kind of a weird draft, but we're just going to go with it. Um, I'm going to go, you know, man, this is this, – I'm sorry I'm taking more time here, but – No, go for I it, don't. Man. I don't feel like You're there's – this is kind of a this is a weird spot. Yeah, know? it is. Yeah, it it's is. It's a weird spot where I don't feel like there's super great value on their team needs, but I also just don't see like the best player available fitting into this team right now. All right, so wait, wait before you make a pick. Do you want to trade back with yourself at the Patriots at 15 and have the Patriots come up and take Mac Jones? Yeah, I would love that. I would love that actually. Okay, perfect. That just I happened. think it makes a lot of sense. That just happened. We'll do that. All right. All right. So, so I'm going to draft Mac Jones here, but it's for the Patriots, right? So what's the fantasy impact of that, Nate? Um, it's it's good. He's going to sit for a year because I think Cam plays this year. But I think this is really good for the Patriots, though I don't really know who I want from that team on my fantasy team. Yeah, no thank you. Um, yeah. Cam Newton is the only one, and that's just for redraft. But Mac Jones yeah. would make me question that all of a sudden. So I wouldn't really want anybody from this offense if that was the case. Yeah, I like Mac Jones long-term in this case, but I, I don't like anybody for the actual pass catchers. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm just taking, I'm staying away from the entire Patriots offense yeah, this year. Yeah, same, 100%. And so that puts me on the board at 12 with the Eagles, and this has got to be the easiest pick at the draft so far outside of the Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson maybe. Jamar Chase is on the board, and the Eagles need some receivers. We're taking Jamar Chase, and honestly, it's great for the team. I would rather Jamar Chase land somewhere else. I don't think they're going to be a super high pass-volume offense. Jalen Hurts is going to use his legs, and they've also got Goddard. They've got Rager, so it's not like he's going to be deprived of a target share. He's going to have a good, healthy target share. It's just the actual volume that's coming with that target share is not going to be super high. So wouldn't be great, but I would still like him. Probably would not be my rookie wide receiver one in the class, like in terms of fantasy, for the first year or two. So that's my thoughts there. You're on the board at 13, and of course you could chip in on the Jamar Chase. Yeah, I like the Jamar Chase to the Patriot. I mean, I love Eagles. I think it's a good matchup with Rager. I think they kind of complement each other well. I think that'd be good for Jalen Hurts. 
Um, you know, this mock draft might look a little crazy if you're like into fantasy football because you're like, man, how are these guys dropping? But we see this every year, especially offensive skill positions like wide receivers. I mean, last yeah. year we saw Jerry Judy For drop. Sure. We saw CD Lamb drop. I mean, there's just a ton of wide receivers. It's hard for a team to really prioritize those guys with a top 10 pick. I do think that Jamar Chase, Devonta Smith, you know, can be a top 10 pick this year. Um, even Jalen Waddle. So, but you know, we see players drop all the time because teams want to build with the tackle. They want to build with edge rushers. You know, it's not just fantasy football out there for the NFL. Yeah. So. And there's so many quarterbacks that are going high in this class too. Yeah. I mean, we've probably got five of the top 10 picks becoming quarterbacks this year so that's going to just naturally push down so many positions so at 13 you've got the chargers who super just easy lost pick here yeah super easy pick here Do uh it. kyle pitts thank you and i'm loving kyle pitts with yes Herbert for the next five years oh my uh, yes dude. that's going to be absolutely incredible insane i mean if this happens in one quarterback leagues i will consider kyle pitts as my 101 just because uh, oh. i think herbert and pitts yes. are going to be incredible together and i'm not worried about jared cook yeah so. At all, at all. With Hunter Henry gone, plus Mike Williams is a free agent next year. Yep. Oh my goodness. It could just be Kyle Pitts, Keenan Allen all day. And obviously Austin Eckler as well, but I love that spot. That would be great for Herbert as well. And I just took Herbert and actually a, a new dynasty league that I started with some work guys. So that would be even better for me. But that puts me at 14 with the Vikings. And all of a sudden, so look, the top three receivers are gone. I will tell you right now, if Devonta Smith or Jalen Waddle or Jamar Chase somehow makes it to 14, I would not be surprised if the Vikings took them and all of a sudden have one of the best, youngest wide receiver cores in the league because Adam Thielen is getting up there and they don't have that many offensive weapons. But that's not the case, right? So what are some of the needs? They need some interior offensive line help. Remember, talking about the Vikings here, a safety, some edge help, offensive tackle. So... With what's on the board right here, it's a tough pick. It's a tough pick for me. This might be a little bit high. Uh, yeah, it might be a little high, but I'm going to go Elijah Vera Tucker into your offensive line, help him out there a little it. bit. I love that guy. And it would be really good for Dalvin Cook, too. It would help him out as well. So that's where I'm going. And, I mean, it's a, it's an offensive lineman. It's going to help the offense overall. I don't think there's too much to analyze, dig into. And that puts you on the board at 15 with the Giants because of the trade-up. With or technically trade back for them with the Patriots, so the Patriots could take Mac Jones. Yeah, and real quick on Vera Tucker, um, you'll see him listed as an offensive guard by most uh, people, most sites. But really, this guy played all five positions on the offensive line, and that's why he's going to go a lot higher than you'd expect him to on draft day because that versatility is ridiculous. And plugging holes and on the offensive line is one of the hardest things for an NFL team to do. And this guy can literally play every position well. So that versatility is incredible. And I, I really hope he drops to my Baltimore Ravens That's in, in the draft. So we'll see. I don't think it's going to happen, but he, he is a, a special talent. At the Giants pick here, I am picking an edge. Uh, I think that's what they need. They need to work on their defense so they can help Daniel Jones not have to play from behind all the time. Um, and there's a couple edge guys that we're all looking at here. I do think Michael Parsons is the best, but I'm going to go with Quiddy Pay. Um, out of Michigan, he's kind of incredible because he's six foot two, two hundred sixty-one pounds, and he ran a four-five forty and had thirty-six reps on the bench. So he's a physical specimen, and that's a guy I think the Giants will want to, you know, build around on their defense. All right, so that's Quiddy Pay to the Giants, and now we've got the Cardinals up at sixteen. Some needs for them: cornerback, running back. Interesting here. Interior offensive line, tight end. 
linebacker, corner. There's a bunch of places they can go, right? I think I actually said corner twice. Um, I think they're going to take... See, Najee Harris or Travis Etienne would be great here, and I would not be surprised if they just continue to build that offense. Oh, mate, man, I'm going to phone a friend. Nate, what are you feeling here? Are you feeling a running back, or do you think they just grab like a J.C. Horn who just had some nice numbers? And They're definitely grabbing the... J.C. Horn. You think so? All uh, right, it's, that's it's what I was feeling. to grab a running back. That's um, what I was feeling. We too. saw some incredible running backs last year, and they mo- almost all went in the second round, except for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, of course, but he was you know, pick 30. 32. Yeah. There's just not the positional value there anymore for a top-20 pick. Okay, but, hey, perfect. I could be wrong. Najee Harris could go top-20 this year, and I yeah. wouldn't be super surprised. I wanted to take J.C. It was just the, the, the idea of Harris or Etienne there for the Cardinals and the fit that would have that would be awesome for fantasy but you're right and that's where I wanted to go JC Horn it is at 16 that puts you on the board at 17 with the Raiders yeah and I think the Raiders got sniped here I think they were just loving the idea of JC Horn at 17 but they will go with a a close second as overall prospect with uh Jeremiah Owusi Koromoa uh JOK is much easier to say oh JOK how have I not heard that before um he is a monster. He's kind of like an Isaiah Simmons, where he can be used all over the field, in coverage, in the slot, at safety, at linebacker, rushing the passer. He's kind of that, you know, all-around jack-of-all-trades for the defense. I think the Raiders really need a player like that to build around the defense because their defense was horrid last year. All right, and then that puts me on the board at 18 with the Dolphins. So, so far, they have drafted Jalen Waddle, right? Their offense is looking a lot better. They're opening up the offense with that speed. So, now I'm looking at either edge or running back here. I would not be surprised if they are the team that takes a running back super high because all of a sudden they could have a really, really nice offense built around Tua. Oh, man. This is making it very difficult. I'm going to do it. I think they're going to take Najee Harris here. And I'm gonna just. I, I could definitely see it. They also spent. They were at the Senior Bowl and they talked to Najee a ton. Yeah, so, so we're going Najee. That would be a great landing spot for him. It would be a great landing spot for any of the running backs, except for. See, maybe you can correct me on this, Nate. I don't feel like for some reason Etienne would be great there. I, I think that's more of a Javanta, a Javanta Najee spot. What'd you say? Yeah, I think it's more of a power scheme. Yeah, that's going to be trying to run down there. Yeah. Um, well. I don't think, yeah, Etienne really fits that. He's also not going to be necessarily like a 300-touch guy like Najee can be. Exactly. This, or and, Javonta. You know, if, if a third, fourth rounder goes to Miami, then Miles Gaskin's still in play. If they spend, you know, 19 overall pick with Najee, then Gaskin's just a he's, – he's out of it, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah, if they get one of the, I would say, Harris, Etienne, Javonta um, – I mean, those are. I know you love Carter, so you'd say Carter as well. But outside of those guys, if they don't get one of those guys, I would say Gaskin is still going to be somewhat relevant. But that puts you at 19 on the clock with the Washington football team. Go for it. Yeah, um, this is this is a nice little spot here. I, you know, there's a couple places the football team could go. I mean, if they don't have a quarterback, then they have a lot of places they can go. If there's a quarterback on the board, they're going to take a quarterback, I believe. But I don't think you know any of those top five guys fall this far. And they might be looking in the second round or third round at like Kyle Trask or Kellen Mond or Davis Mills. So they're not going to reach on like one of those guys here. So they can go a couple of different ways. Their defense is already pretty set. So I think they have to go help the offense out, whether that's an offensive lineman or a wide receiver. Um, 
So I'm going to go with a wide receiver just Ooh. because it's more fun here. So Do I'm going to go ahead and grab Rashad Bateman yes, sir. for the Washington football team. I think he would be a great number two next to Terry McLaurin. And with Fitzgerald throwing the ball back there, Fitzpatrick throwing the ball back there, it, it would be a lot of fun. I think Bateman could have an incredible rookie year. And that rounds out that wide receiver core really well with Curtis Samuel at three. That would yep. be very nice, very nice. So I was actually thinking that too. When I saw Rashad Bateman there, that's one of my favorite fits is Bateman to the, the football team and the Washington football team. And with that said, that puts me on the clock at 20 with Chicago. Some of their draft needs include obviously quarterback, but that's not going to be an option here. Offensive tackle, wide receiver, corner. Wide receiver is, ooh, man, they just got sniped. Bateman was probably who they wanted. They just got sniped badly. And there's a lot of receivers that they could get that are good in the second round. With Bateman off the board here, I don't really know if there's anybody that just stands out to them far above the rest that they need to reach here. So I'm probably going to give them a tackle because they do need that offensive line help. So I'm going to go Christian Darasaw. And they're just going to have to rebuild this team from the trenches at least on the offensive side of the ball. We know they have a pretty good defense, but that puts you on the clock at 21 with the Colts. Yeah, I think that's a great pick for the Bears. They need to get their offensive line, and Christian Darisol is a good tackle, so I think that's a that's a great pick for them. At the Colts here, I'm going to also go defense. Um, I, you know, I think they already have a good defense. They already have a good offense. They're kind of taking uh, players that kind of fit into their scheme here. I think Aziz uh, Ajulari. Out of Georgia, Edge, he's a little undersized, but he is productive and a fun guy to play with. Uh, he can play in a different couple positions and be moved around to rush the passer. I think he's a guy that just kind of fits the Colt scheme, and they can, uh, you know, he's he's not a guy that the offensive line or the offense is going to be able to highlight because there's so many other good players on that Colts defense. So I think he'll be able to thrive in the Colts defense because he'd just be a complimentary player. All right, so that's Aziz Ojulari to the Colts. And now we've got the Titans on the board at 22. They've got some needs at corner, receiver, tackle, safety. But receiver here sticks out to me, especially because you do not you just lost John New Smith as well. So you don't want to be rolling into the new season with A.J. Brown and Derrick Henry. That's it. That's going to be a rough time for Derrick. That's going to be a rough time of double coverage for A.J. And that's going to be a rough time for Ryan Tannehill. They need some sort of help there and so i'm looking at the receivers kind of pit i feel like they they kind of feel a little bit pigeonholed but they they did it to themselves and so i'm deciding between terrace marshall Kadarius tony who you guys know i love i don't i don't get the elijah moore love everyone loves him nate i i don't really know why mm-hmm. so I'm, I'm not really feeling him yeah. there go for it you were gonna say something I mean, no, just Elijah Moore. I mean, I, I'm not overwhelmed by him. I don't think he's bad. I don't think he's great. So it's just kind of a he's a he's a decent player. The only person that I I could see them taking here would be one of the first two I said, Terrace Marshall, Kadarius Tony. I don't really think Rondell Moore is the type of player they'd be looking for, because they also deploy AJ Brown in the slot at times, and that would be where Rondell Moore would really succeed in the NFL. And they don't want to just push AJ Brown out to the outside strictly. So I'm gonna go with. Oh, man. I'm going to go with Terrace Marshall. They need some help there. Terrace Marshall can be on the outside or in the slot. He's a lot more refined than I think people think. He also people just ran realize. a 4-3-8, so people are hype on him. Yeah, Nate, everyone ran a 4-3-8. <laughs> it's very true. But, all right, that puts you on the board at the Jets. But first, we're going to take a quick break. 
What's up, divers? Do you guys enjoy a good workout like me? Well, guess what? I've got the perfect nutrition for you, and that is Built Bar. Go check out BuiltBar.com. Guys, I have tried every single flavor to this point. I've got some rankings for you. Here are my top five favorite flavors that are in the 18-pack, their standard rotation, not any holiday or special event items. My favorite is banana bread, followed very closely by coconut. I really like the peanut butter. That is my third favorite. Toffee almond. Ooh, that's a nice one. And cookies and cream. Those are the top five flavors if you guys want to try them out. If you haven't, why not? Why have you not tried these out yet? These are amazing. I have them after every single workout paired with, actually, their vitamin packs that give you 100% of your daily vitamins. Guys, I'm not even eating vegetables and fruits anymore. I don't need to. I'm getting all of my vitamins and then some in a pack that comes out to less than a dollar a day. Are you kidding me? You're spending more than that on fruits and vegetables. Plus, it takes time to eat that. I'm somebody who thinks time is money. So I just like to mix that stuff into my water. Check out Built Bar. Use my code Deep Dive to save 10% off and get the nutrition side of working out added in to the hard work you put in the gym and get max results. All right, guys, welcome back in. Nate, you are on the board at 23, and I don't know what happened, man. It's like I just gave you ownership of my Jets after I took Zach Wilson, <laughs> but now you're picking for them and building that offense for Zach Wilson. So, Or maybe you're just going to add to the defense. I don't know. Not trying to uh, sway you, but what are you doing at 23? Yeah, so the Jets have some knees on their defense. They definitely do. That Jets defense used to be scary. It's not anymore. I think they're going to try to get back to that, especially Robert Sala. You know, he wants to establish the run. He wants to have a good defense. Uh, he wants to, you know, probably model that team after the 49ers. And in the modern NFL, you need good cornerbacks. And sitting on the board right here is a guy that's dropped, and some people have him as their cornerback one this year. It's Caleb Farley out of Virginia Tech. He's a guy that uh, should probably go a little bit higher than this, but. There's just so much talent in this class. You know, he can drop right here, and the Jets will be more than happy to pick him up. All right, so there it is. Caleb Farley, that is pretty low. I don't really see him going that low very often. And now that puts 24 with the Steelers on my side, and they were actually just looking at Caleb Farley. They're, they just feel like they just got sniped because corner is a big need for them after losing a couple. They've also got a need at offensive tackle, running back, and I believe quarterback. I'm sure most people agree with that. But with none of those really being options except for tackle with somebody really high still available, that's where I'm going to go. I'm going to go ahead and take Tevin Jenkins. They need to keep oops. They need to keep that um, that part of their game, that part of their offense strong. So that's who I took for them. And that puts you on the clock at 25 with the Jaguars once again getting to have the opportunity to build an offense for a rookie quarterback. Yeah, you said Tevin Jenkins, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, he's a good good tackle, and they definitely need some offensive line help. Uh, once again, with the team picking again, who's just picked a rookie quarterback, I'm going defense again. These teams are building for the long term, and there's not much better you can do for your rookie quarterback than have a good defense. So they're taking best player available here because they have a lot of holes, and they're picking Christian Barmore, who is Ooh, a top talent. That's and spicy, man. He that's should spicy. also not be this far. I don't because, know about that one. Oh, Christian Barmore is good, and he is disruptive from inside on the defensive line. I love this guy's tape. I think he's going to be a dominant player. And 
the Jags need help on their defensive line. That surprises me, man. That surprise that pick surprised me. I'm not gonna lie. I thought you were gonna go offensive line, um, or once you said defense, maybe like Trevon Morig or or something. But all right, Christian Barmore. That puts me at 26 with the Browns. This is an interesting team. I haven't really thought of their needs too too much. They've got needs at edge, IDL. That's interior D line, wide receiver, corner, linebacker. Like I said, it's not a team I think about too much, but I do know that Jalen Phillips from Miami is a good edge that has some good potential, and he's dropped pretty far. That's obviously a nice combo if they can pair him with Miles Garrett. So let's do that. They're going to take Jalen Phillips. And then now you're on the board with your very own beloved Baltimore Ravens. Man, you sniped my Ravens. And we're <laughs> super good. excited about Jalen Phillips being there, uh, <laughs> dropping this far, and you just took him right out from under him. As much as they need an edge player, uh, they are notorious for going best player available. So now I have to relook at my board because that was that was the guy there. So um, looking at the board now, how it lines up, you know, there's not a wide receiver I feel comfortable picking here. There's not an edge player I am super happy with here either. Um, even like the offensive tackles, you know, I, I was thinking Tevin Jenkins is a possibility if you know some of the guys went earlier. And he's also gone. This is this is not working out really well for my my Ravens. They probably would trade out. I mean, they'd love to trade down and pick up draft capital. But um, just looking at what is on the board here, I can definitely see them going after you know someone who's not flashy. Um, and I think it's going to be an offensive offensive tackle because at the end of the day, I think. Orlando Brown's going to be traded, um, which is going to end up with uh, a new offensive attack coming to the board. But since he's not traded, I guess I shouldn't go there. Uh, he's not traded yet, so <laughs> it would be kind of a waste to grab another offensive tackle. So uh, looking at these edge players, I feel like I'm going to reach no matter what. Go for so, the athletic freak, Nate. No, no, I can't do it, man. I can't do it. <laughs> I can't. I won't. I won't. I won't let myself do that. All so right. I'm just gonna pick the really safe pick. You Boo. know, that just isn't fun. It's Creed Humphrey. He's a center being picked at 27. It's not exciting. Not a highlight, but he is one of the most priority prospects in the entire draft. It's just that he's a center, so he's not you know valued super highly. But this, <laughs> the Ravens couldn't even snap the ball in the playoffs last year to end their season. So they definitely need to, you know, improve there. Yeah. So this is the spot. So that puts me on the board at the Jameis Winston-led New Orleans Saints at 28. So they need some offensive weapons. They really do. I mean, Michael Thomas, we all know. Slant boy, right? We We all know it. No, I'm just throwing shade. But he is. That's where he dominates, right? He's not somebody who really opens up the offense. And that's how they like to use him. And then they have Alvin Kamara. They lost Jared Cook. They don't really have much there outside of those two guys. So I definitely think that they are taking an offensive player. I think if a tight end that was really good was on the board, they would think about it. But at this point, I don't. I think they would prefer the wide receiver talent, right? And I think we might see a double tap here in the draft with the Saints and Packers. We'll see what Nate does with pick 29. But I have two guys in mind for the Saints. I think both could be very, very good. My guy, Kadarius Toney. And then everyone else's guy, it seems like, Rondell Moore, who I also like a lot. I'm going to take Rondell Moore. I think they're going to be able to use him more. They love that versatility he brings. They can give him some touches in the backfield because we know they don't like committing too much carries to Alvin Kamara. And Latavius Murray, he's getting worse and older. So I think Rondell Moore, 
would be the better fit for them. So that's where I'm going. So Rondell Moore it is at 28 to the New Orleans Saints. Yeah, that's that's nice. I think that'll be a really nice fit. I think, you know, Sean Payton can scheme him touches right away. So at the Packers, obviously everyone wants me to go wide receiver here, but do we really think the Packers will go wide receiver with their first round pick? They're not going to wide receivers Nate, already off the board. Nate, no they cannot way. make that mistake no again, way, bro. But they better pick one guy in oh day two. Oh, my goodness. So um, they got to the NFC Championship last year without picking a wide receiver with just, you know, wasting their entire draft class. So so they should just I waste it can, again, right? They can that's, manage to pick a guy That's a good philosophy. Um, they have to go defense. They have to keep their defense strong. That's what their game is based around. It's a run-first team with a lot of play action, and the defense is supposed to keep the other teams in check. They're going to grab the next best corner in this draft. And, you know, there's a couple of guys out there. I think this is kind of like the next tier, but I'm pretty happy, I think, with Greg Newsom out of Northwestern here. All right, Greg Newsom to the Packers. That breaks my heart, man. I knew I should have took Kadarius Tony because I bet if Rondell Moore was there, you would have taken him for the Packers. I would have. Dang it! I wanted the double tap. All right. All right. It's all right. It's all right. So at 30, we got the Bills. Oh, corner, edge, wide receiver, running back. Man. They, they have the offense down already, right? They would love to just get that defense back to that scary defense that it used to be. I think I'm going to help them do that, and I, I think they're looking at edge here. They're going to take the athletic freak that is Jason Owa from Penn State. I may be saying his last name wrong. Honestly, I'm not sure how to say it. But I think, All I know is that he had zero sacks. So. Yes, I know, which is crazy, but he had so many pressures. So I think with some development, which, hey, their coaching staff, they can develop some some defensive talent. So I trust them. And I'm sure they trust themselves. So they're looking at that player that has all this upside that they can sculpt. And I think they like him. So that's who they're going to take here at 30. And that puts you on the board with the Super Bowl losers, the Kansas City Chiefs at 31. Oh, man. Um, I think we know where the Chiefs need to improve. Yeah, they can grab a wide receiver later, but... They might have had better luck in the Super Bowl if Patrick Mahomes wasn't running for his life every single play. Yep. So they're going to grab offensive line here. Um, there's a couple guys. I think you know, after Tevin Jenkins, I think there's kind of a teardrop to the next guy. But I'm pretty happy with Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan here. He's really young, really athletic. He's a guy that can play both sides of the line at tackle and also can step inside to guard, I think, if need to be. He just has a lot of potential, and I think the Chiefs are willing to swing for that upside. All right, and then that puts me on the board with my very own Tampa Bay Buccaneers, the Super Bowl champions. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, oh, man, where do I want the Tampa Bay Buccaneers to go? Where do I think the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to go? Let's first talk about the Super Bowl winners. All right, I think we should give them some some uh some airtime here right i don't think they need any more airtime bro i don't think brady needs any more (laughs) oh my goodness all right what about the rest of the players i mean we've got so many players that never got any respect and finally they're getting some love levante david mike evans all these guys but we don't really have that many holes to fill we really don't and it sets us back all your starters on both sides of the ball and it sets us up very nicely for for best player available so 
after re-signing Leonard Fournette, because I will say, if they didn't re-sign Leonard Fournette, even though you know I love Ronald Jones, I don't think he's a good pass catcher, but I still love Ronald Jones as a runner. Even though you know that to be the case, if they did not re-sign Leonard Fournette, I would probably be taking running back here because we only have Rojo for another year anyways, and we know most teams don't like paying running back second contracts. So that's where I would have initially looked at, would have been Javonta or Etienne. Probably Etienne just because of the receiving ability. Not that Javonta's bad, but Etienne's a little better. So with that said, probably going to have to look somewhere else. I would love to keep the, the offensive line really strong. That's not a bad place to pivot. But the defense is another place that I would love to keep strong. And I'm going to go ahead and do that here. The only spot that I really think could improve right now in one year with one pick on the defensive side of the ball would be safety across from Anton Winfield. And that would be Trevon Morig. I I really need to learn how to say this guy's name from TCU. And also we're going to lose some of our safeties, not Antoine, obviously he was a rookie, but we're going to lose some safeties in free agency here pretty soon. So we're also not just picking for the now, because I think he's an upgrade, but we're also picking for the future. And that finishes out the draft guys that finishes out the draft. And you know what that means? That means you know where everyone's going because there's absolutely no way me and Nate could ever be wrong. We already know what they're going to do. We've got all the answers to the test. I just got to go have some fun. I see. Go execute. You got all the answers to the test. You heard it from the Super Bowl winning quarterback, Tom Brady himself, right? So let's just run through it. Nate, go back and forth with me from your pick to my pick, starting at number one. Yeah, so the Jags picked Trevor Lawrence. And the Jets then took Zach Wilson. And the 49ers were very happy to take Justin Fields. The Falcons were even happier to get Panay Sewell. Even though they were sniped, the Bengals went ahead and stuck with their uh, their gut here off his tackle and got Rashawn Slater. The Dolphins looked to continue to build around Tua, get some separation, and take Jalen Waddle at 6. The second wide receiver off the board, the Detroit Lions took Devonta Smith. And somehow Trey Lance fell to number 8 to the Carolina Panthers. Vic Fangio gets another linebacker in Micah Parsons at 9. And best corner off the board, fell to 10 to the Cowboys. They love it. Patrick Sertan. Patriots made a trade-up with the Giants. Details will be given out by Adam Scheffner. They take Mac Jones. <laughs> I love that part. Jamar Chase to the Philadelphia Eagles. My number one wide receiver off the board at 12. Somehow Kyle Pitts falls to the Chargers at 13, and uh, the rest of the NFL is upset. The Vikings solidify their offensive line or try to start that process with Elijah Vera Tucker at 14. And the Giants try to rebuild their defense to get back to the Super Bowl because that's what they got there with in the first place. So they grab Quiddy Pay, who is a phenomenal athlete at edge. And then the Cardinals at 16 have to make a decision here if they want to add to that offense with a running back. But they pivot to keep their defense going and try to improve it with J.C. Horn. Yep. And at 17, the Raiders have to work on their defense, so they grab J.O.K., a linebacker at Notre Dame. And at 18, the Miami Dolphins continue to build around Tua with Najee Harris at running back. It's a very Alabama uh, team for the Dolphins. Yes, sir. Um, the Washington football team, you know, they got sniped on a couple's picks, but they're happy taking a wide receiver to put across McLaurin and uh, give their offense some juice with Rashad Bateman. And speaking of sniping 
oh, did Chicago feel that with Bateman right in front of them? And then they have to settle for Christian Derisaw at offensive tackle. Uh, the Colts at 21 are kind of in a weird spot, so they go ahead and grab Aziz Adjulari, edge out of Georgia, to kind of move around their defense. And then the Titans at 22, feeling the pain from losing Jonu Smith and Corey Davis, try and fill it a bit with Terrace Marshall, wide receiver at LSU. Yep, and the Jets at 23 grab one of the top corners off the board to sit back in their defense, Caleb Farley. And the Steelers grab Tevin Jenkins at offensive tackle to help that O-line out. Jaguars at 25 pick up a guy that should not be falling this far. He is a top talent at defensive tackle, Christian Barmore. Watch out. Remember the name. (laughs) At 26, Cleveland takes a very, very highly touted edge out of Miami to pair with Miles Garrett. That's Jalen Phillips. Yeah, and the Ravens are upset about that. They were looking for him. But uh, number 27, the Ravens do what the Ravens do, and they don't make the sexy pick. They make the smart pick, and they grab Creed Humphrey to plug and play at center. And then the Saints, looking to add some weapons for Jameis, take Rondale Moore at wide receiver to be the wide receiver, too, in that offense. The Green Bay Packers continue to frustrate fans all around the league as they grab a cornerback, Greg Newsom. The Buffalo Bills, after laughing at the Packers once again neglecting wide receiver, <laughs> take Jason Owa, Edge from Penn State, although having no sacks, is a very physical specimen that they would love to mold. Yeah, we'll see how that goes for them. Uh, the <laughs> Kansas State Chiefs trying to uh, you know, fix their offensive line. It's just been a really bad offseason after a really bad into their season for the offensive line. They go ahead and grab Jalen Mayfield out of Michigan, who is has all the upside in the world. And then lastly, the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers, baby. They add to their defense, keep it young, keep it popping, with Trevon Morig, safety out of TCU. And that finishes out the first round mock draft. Thank you guys for tuning in to episode 100 with my man, Nate Christian. That's at NateNFL on Twitter. Go follow him. Check out Dynasty Rewind as well. Did I miss anything, Nate? Uh, Dynasty Rewind, Dynasty Owner, where I'm doing an article and video each week. And I'm currently in the middle of my 30 Days, 30 Prospects series. Ooh. It's pretty awesome. Every day leading up to the draft, I'm giving a new prospect thread, starting from 30, going up to 1. That's awesome. So uh, make sure you check it out every morning. Yes, sir. That's awesome. So go check out Nate. Thank you guys for tuning in. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Have a good one. Peace. Peace.